Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from your iOS device, and you may even be able to get a chance to chat with me, and you may even be featured on an episode of Locked On Tigers. Everybody, welcome to Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. You're correct. There was no show yesterday. There was not a show yesterday. We are asked to do, I believe, 19 shows a month on this network, and I'm happy to go over that quota, but on a day where the game was rained out, I really had nothing to prep for because I didn't know if there was going to be a game or not. I felt like it would have been better for me just to punt that show. I would rather put together 19 really good shows than overdo it and bring you 25 so-so ones or 20 good ones and 5 bad ones. My goal is better content, not more content necessarily. So the Tigers ended up playing a doubleheader yesterday and they split that doubleheader, losing game one and winning the second. There were a few roster moves that I want to talk about. Renato Nunez was designated for assignment, so y'all can dig up the take I had where I said this guy's here to stay because that was obviously very, very wrong. Zach Short was called up, made his debut yesterday. Zach Short acquired in the Cameron Maven deal. Three at-bats in the first of two seven-inning doubleheaders yesterday. Drew two walks and recorded an out. Also made a nice diving play defensively at third base, and they're going to give him a shot here. General belief seems to be that his ceiling is that of a, a solid, serviceable utility guy. I think probably more Andrew Romine than Ben Zobrist, but we'll see. 25 years old, uh, coming from the Cubs system. Hopefully they can find something with him. I obviously have my doubts, but we will see. They only got him for, what, uh, two weeks? What was it, a month of Cameron Maben in the north side of Chicago? So anything you get out of him is, is kind of gravy at this point, but you do hope that he can develop into a solid major league player. Tigers lost game one of their doubleheader yesterday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Final score, 3-2. to two. On the mound for the Tigers was Michael Fulmer, and I, this was a bit weird. Through three innings, Michael Fulmer looked excellent. He looked fantastic, and A.J. Hinch had said before the game that the idea was to have kind of a Tarek Skubal piggyback start following Michael Fulmer. I was surprised by that, I thought the idea was get Fulmer through four or five innings, and then you can turn it over to the pen for only an inning or two. I thought the, the scooball piggyback start would come when Turnbull was on the mound. That turned out not to be the case. Michael Fulmer pitched through three innings. He lit it up. He, I think, believe went one, two, three in each of the first three innings. Slider had a great, nice little dive to it. Changeup was efficient. Fastball velocity in, in, the, in the mid to upper 90s, and especially in cold weather, that's phenomenal. I don't know if he threw harder than 96 yesterday, but that's still, that's pretty good and very encouraging uh, compared to last year. And just in terms of spin rate, it looks a lot better. It looks more explosive. And then in the fourth inning, fell apart a little bit, gave up some hard contact, did have a little bit of bad luck there on an RBI single that was just kind of a floater 
uh, out to left field that found a, found a hole out there in the outfield grass. But uh, encouraging in many ways, um, it is difficult to judge him right now because it is a relatively small sample size for him. So I, I, I can't go as far as to say he absolutely belongs in the five-man rotation right now. I can't go that far. If you want to do six-man, sure. See if you can get you know four, three, four innings out of him, then do uh, a, a bullpen day after that. But that fourth inning is a prime reason why I'm not completely buying into him being a starter again. They're trying to stretch him out. I think that's fine, but we saw last year and we saw in spring, we've seen really this year, despite the success he's had coming out of the pen, I just wonder about his durability. Everyone talks about how great that start was against Houston and the the game where they they ended up sweeping the Astros. And it, it was encouraging. It was. And the stuff looked sharp and the fastball looked better. The all thumbs up to all of that. But it was clear when he got to the fifth inning of that start that he was really laboring. And had the Astros been playing with a team that wasn't a triple-A lineup, essentially, because of the COVID problems, I felt like he probably would have ended up getting rocked. You saw the same thing yesterday, except in the fourth inning, and this time it was against the Pirates. Their three innings looked great, but then he gets to the fourth inning, giving up a lot more hard contact. Second time through the order, I just, I, I think the idea of Michael Fulmer as a bullpen piece is really intriguing. Give him a few more shots as a starter, but I'm still not buying into the hype there. I think he's got a ways to go. Give him this year. You know, he's this is his first real full year removed from Tommy John surgery, so give him give him the opportunity, but I, I don't know. I If I had to guess going forward, I would say Michael Fulmer is a super reliever. I like that idea a lot. There's a lot that's very intriguing about that idea. He was then followed by Tarek Skubal, who pitched three innings of his own. You look at the line. The line is Oh, so-so. I mean, it's good. It's good. No runs, right? Three innings, three hits, no runs, three walks. That's not great. And two strikeouts was the beneficiary of a phenomenal play at second by Willie Castro. That was really a sensational play uh, that saved what was probably going to end up being two runs. Uh, Scooball loaded the bases in his last inning of work yesterday. Spin rate was down. Cody Stavenhagen, who does such a great job covering the Tigers for the Athletic, reported on that. But yeah, again, he just doesn't look completely right. I talked about this in my post game, and look, I'm no expert on pitching mechanics. I did not play the game really growing up. Maybe my analysis here is off, but I see a lot of moving parts in Scooball's upper body in his windup. The lower body, I think, is fine. The the, the leg, all that stuff, I think it's fine. But I'm seeing a very long arm motion, and somebody brought this up in the comments when I talked about this uh, in my post game. Is that that long arm motion allows uh, batters to to pick up the ball a little bit better? I think it was Kyle Walney who said that the longer arm motion gives batters a more clear view of the ball for a longer period of time. He believes that's the issue, and, and I don't disagree with him. Because, but I also think that that has a has a tendency to mess with your command a little bit when you have so many moving parts. There's a reason why guys like DeGrom and Cole and Verlander when he was really dealing are the best pitchers in the world. Kershaw, they all have really clean mechanics. Now, every so often, you have a unicorn like a, a Mike Clevenger or a Chris Sale who doesn't have great mechanics but just has nasty stuff. That's typically not the case. The What you want out of a good starting pitcher are clean mechanics. I'm not going to say command is correctable, stuff is not again, but similar principle. If the, if the mechanics are good and 
and the stuff is good, you can work with that. We know Tarek Skubal's stuff is good, but I feel like there needs to be some sort of mechanical adjustment if he wants to be able to improve his command, because I'm still seeing him yanking a lot of fastballs, spiking a fair amount of split changeups, missing with the slider. It's not the pitches themselves that I really have an issue with. Everyone's freaking out about the velocity and, and the fastball command, which, look, I'm not saying it's not an issue. It is, but it was also 30 degrees outside yesterday. We're only, what, four outings into his tenure so far. I know he pitched a little bit last year, but four outings into his first full season. I think there's a delicate balance because I think with Casey Mize, he's a guy who may struggle from having too short of an arm motion. There's been a lot of talk about how he may be an injury waiting to happen. Obviously, knock on wood a million times. We hope that doesn't happen. But I think the Cleveland Indians, one of the reasons why they're so good at developing starting pitching is they kind of preach that. Bauer and Bieber and Plesak all kind of have similar arm motions. Not a lot of moving parts there. Lucas Giolito is another one. I know he got rocked by the Red Sox a couple days ago, but he, he turned his career around. He did a great video with, with Foolish Baseball about this friend of the program, Bailey, where he said that he shortened his arm motion, and it led to a lot of success. Maybe going forward, and it's going to be something that would probably take an entire offseason really to fix. Maybe look at that with Tarek Skubal. Offensively, they were pretty much shut down yesterday. Tyler Anderson pitched for the Pirates. You know, lefty, deceptive stuff, uh, not great stuff, but he, he trusted it and he commanded it well. Tigers could only muster three hits through seven innings. I mean, this is going to be the story of the season, a and it's going to be something that's going to make a lot of people turn off their televisions. Not me, because I'm a psycho, and I do get paid by Locked On to do this, but in general, a GM would tell you. Now, they, they won't say it here, but a GM would rather have a bad team that has a great offense than a bad team that has good pitching, because... A good offense means more stars, more guys who can hit home runs, more guys who can hit doubles. There's nobody like that in this lineup. I Really, who's the best hitter in this lineup? Probably Candelario, who right now is a 752 OPS. I still think the at-bats are good. I, he'll be all right. Ramos has been hitting a bit, but you know, he's probably going to come back down to earth at some point. Miguel Cabrera is absolutely a shell of himself at this point, even when he's at full health, which I don't know if he can ever be at full health ever again, but he's still not a great hitter. You look at his war, he's barely above replacement level. He's still probably this team's best hitter right now. You could say Jamer, sure, but yeah, it's this is going to be a story all season, and we saw it coming. It's not a surprise. Not a great offense. All right, so that'll do it for segment number one. When I come back in segment number two, I'm going to recap game two against the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll be right back. Locker Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Join, join in on the conversation with me and have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Tigers podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week on Wednesday, probably around 7, though subject to change right now. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Castellani2014 to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be going live on Locker Room every Wednesday. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. 
Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. In Game 2 yesterday, the Tigers won by a final score of 5-2 to two on the mound, making his season debut was Spencer Turnbull. And to be honest, look, only five innings, but in terms of stuff and really results, I mean, he gave up one run. That is as good as you could have hoped for out of Spencer Turnbull making his first start off of the COVID list. I thought he was exceptionally sharp. Now look, Spencer Turnbull, the stuff, stuff has never been his problem. A very high ceiling, like a really high ceiling. I don't know if he'll ever be capable of reaching it because he's got to be more consistent with the strike throwing. And even last night, as good as he was, had some issues there in the first inning. I believe had a four-pitch walk in the second. But after that, a dazzling. Five innings, only two hits, one run, two walks, and six strikeouts. The point I brought up in my post-game video is that he seemed to be much more reliant on just his four-seam fastball as opposed to the sinker. And and the four-seam fastball has always been his primary pitch, but I remember last year and the year before, he was mixing in a sinker a lot. And it seems like each of the two-plus years that he's been in the league now, the sinker usage has gone down. I think a reason for that is is that the sinker is a pitch that you try to induce a lot of ground balls and weak contact with. Spencer Turnbull doesn't have to do that. This is a guy, truly, I actually think that Spencer Turnbull, if everything goes right for him, he stays healthy, he consistently finds a way to throw strikes, this could be a 200-inning, 200-strikeout kind of guy. Honestly, I, I don't know if I share the opinion that he has the best stuff in the organization, but he's up there. Guy has an electric, electric arm. He's gotten better each year since he's been in the major league so far. Took a step last year. I, I hope he can take a step again this year. The slider was really had a nice bite to it yesterday. Really, really had a very nice bite. Good depth to it. Stuff is not the issue, but I thought he was very, very good. That's an extremely encouraging first outing by Spencer Turnbull, picking up a win in his first uh, little bit of action that he's seen at the Major League level so far this season. The offense got going a little bit, but it's more so the guys who got going that it excites me. Willie Castro with a 2-for-3 night and an RBI. Jonathan Scope went 1-for-3 but hit a deep home run to left field. The batted ball data is really ugly for Jonathan Scope right now, and there's... Evidence that supports that Jacoby may be more likely to turn a corner at this point than Scope. And you know what? The data probably supports that, but I'm willing to believe that this is not going to be the Jonathan Scope that we're going to see this year. He's been too consistent throughout his major league career for me to kind of dump on him and give up on him at this point. Now, he's off to a bad start, a horrid start, and he wasn't good in spring either, but I've seen him be too good for other teams. I've seen him be too good for the Tigers last year that I'm not going to give up on him. Keep giving him reps. Keep putting him in the starting lineup, and Willie Castro is still batting you know, pretty high up there in the lineup. Batted second yesterday, and I-, I think, or at least I hope, that there's some parallels between this and what A.J. Hinch did with Alex 
Bregman in Houston. A.J. Hinch, I believe, is a really good spotter of talent and, and really good at spotting why a guy may be struggling. And I think that he really believes in Willie Castro here. And I think he's trying to instill that confidence in him. Got going a little bit last night, two for three ball game for him. There was a beautiful hit and run that the Tigers had in the fifth inning where they got three runs. That was really, really gorgeous. That put them in front for good. That was a single off the bat of Willie Castro. Akil Badu, who had a nice little game yesterday, came around to score. I noticed yesterday they also had Victor Reyes stealing third at one point, and even in the second game, they brought in Victor Reyes to pinch run at third base. You rarely see that, but Hinch is aware of the situation. A.J. Hinch knows that this is not an offense that's going to win a lot of slugfest, and I think he's trying to do, he's trying to find more ways to manufacture runs with the hit and run, with stolen bases, with the idea of putting a speedster at third in case you have a, a shallow sack fly opportunity, and I give him a lot of credit for that. You know, everyone knows I, I, I love A.J. Hinch. I think he's one of the best managers in baseball, but he doesn't beat around the bush, and he's a brutally honest guy. If the offense is putrid, he's going to he's gonna say, maybe subtly, that the offense is putrid, and I think yesterday, the way he used the runners on the base paths showed that he's trying to manufacture more runs for this baseball team, and hey, have at it, because it, the way that they'd been performing the previous five games, it just wasn't working. Brian Garcia gave up a solo home run yesterday. That was the only earned run that he gave up. He's off to kind of a so-so start this year, but I think the stuff still looks really good. And besides that, he was solid. Went 1-2-3 after giving up that solo home run. The first pitch he threw almost hit the guy in the head, so maybe the weather had something to do with that. He wasn't able to get a good grip on the baseball. Then in the seventh inning, which is kind of the equivalent of the ninth inning with the seven-inning doubleheaders that are being played all throughout Major League Baseball this year and last year, of course, Gregory Soto came in and looked like a closer. Gregory Soto looks really darn good right now. I like what I'm seeing as far as the development of that slider. Because last year, last year Gregory Soto in 60 games had quite an arc, didn't he? Because through his first, like, it was around 10 outings, he was spectacular. And a big reason for that is he was just painting with his fastball. But eventually, he started missing his spots. And then he was getting behind in counts. And then you can't just rely on your sinker and your four-seam fastball. you got to throw in a wrinkle. And his slider just was not a well-developed enough pitch. And it ended up kind of getting crushed at points last year. And then the second half of the season, he took a bit of a downward turn. But I think we all collectively believed that the stuff was there. And it absolutely is. That was a, that was a great save yesterday. One inning, no hits, no walks. That That's important because we know he's had command issues. Two strikeouts, very, very positive. Gregory Soto has the kind of stuff to close playoff games, to be honest with you. And I, hopeful, I hope that he's here when that does happen in Detroit. Like, there's certain closers out there. Like, Steve Ciszek was like this. Uh, Brad Hand, to me, is like this. Those guys who, yeah, you know what? If you need a, a, a save in a 4-1 ball game in mid-July against the, the Twins or the White Sox, sure, yeah, this guy can get you a rocking chair save. But Gregory Soto has the kind of stuff that can win you playoff games. A guy who can come out of the pen, does have some experience as a starter, started a fair amount of games in the minor leagues. So I think that he will be a guy at some point that AJ is going to try to rely on as maybe not a multiple inning guy. Like, I don't see him going more than two, but a guy who can get a five-out save and not feel tired. You know, get a four-out save and be able to go to work the next day and throw 20 pitches. I think there's a versatility with him that a lot of relievers just don't have. So far this season, a 2-1-6 ERA. They want him to be the guy. I mean, how many times over the last decade plus has there been a closer of the future? It was Rondone, and then it was Shane Green, then it was Jimenez, and now it's Gregory Soto, and they're going to give him the opportunity. Hinch 
has stated before that he doesn't have a specified closer necessarily. A lot of it's kind of playing the matchups, but I do think the reason he said that was that maybe nobody established themselves in spring training, and when you have a bullpen that doesn't have a whole lot of established arms, there's really no need to give roles 7th, 8th, nine inning roles, which I don't see AJ doing, thank God. That's what Gardy did, that's what Osmus did. Cost us playoff games, obviously not when Gardenhire was here, but when Osmus was here, because you gotta use Jabba Chamberlain in the 8th inning. He's your guy, right? Right, Brad? Sorry. Having, having some flashbacks to some very bad Tigers memories. Gregory Soto looks great. Look, this is going to be the kind of story that we're going to get from this team, I feel like, all year. They're going to have games. Like last night, it, let's say you were in a three-year coma, and you woke up and you watched last night's game against the Pirates. You'd say, man, this team, they got some hitters. They got some pitchers. This Turnbull's sharp. Wow, this kid out of the pen is throwing 100 miles per hour, going one, two, three in the last inning. I guess if you were in a coma for three years, you probably would have been... <laughs> a little bit confused as to why they were only playing seven innings, but you get my point. There's going to be those days where they look like a real baseball team. Like, uh, over the last several years, every time they won a game, I felt dirty. Like, it just felt like a lie. Like, this isn't supposed to happen. This shouldn't happen. I think there's enough pieces here this year, especially with the pitching staff, where uh, they're going to be able to win a fair amount of games with the arms that they have. And, and the Pirates are not good. I know I talked with my friend Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates, and he, you know, he's excited about the future, and, and maybe they should be. They probably should be. They're, they're building up a nice little farm system right now, but it's smoke and mirrors. This is not a 500 ball club. This is still a ball club that's going to lose 95 to 100 games. If you can't win a series against this team, then you got a lot of trouble. Tigers are going to be going for it today. Jose Urania on the mound. We're going to preview that game when we return in segment number three. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 Female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcast music and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Back for the final segment today, going to preview today's ball game at Comerica Park, a 1-10 ball game, closing out this series against the Pittsburgh Pirates on the mound for Detroit will be Jose Urania. He comes in with a record of 0-3 and an ERA of 5.52. This, of course, 
coming from MLB.com. Urania might have saved his rotation spot with the last week's seven strong innings and eight strikeouts against Oakland. Also needs to be noted that that was a career high for him, where he attacked the strike zone and let his pitch movement do the work. He owns an 8.18 ERA in seven career outings, three of them starts against the Pirates. Look, his stuff is not amazing, but it's fine. It's serviceable. And I think we saw in that game against Oakland that when he's locating his sinker, his other pitches will fall into place. Like that it, that's the thing with guys who primarily throw two seam fastballs is they can't there's not a whole lot of room for error there. If you're commanding that pitch and if you're throwing that pitch for strikes, amazing things can happen because you can get a lot of weak contact. That's the goal, really, with a two seam fastball. The problem is when you are a kind of a pitch for contact guy, which I don't know if he's always tried, if, if he's tried to be like this, but I think this is kind of the pitcher he's become. The problem with pitch for contact guys is that they don't miss bats very often, and hitters nowadays are smarter than they've ever been. The more you see a guy, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to put that ball in play against them, and when that happens, it's not great. You know, Jose Urania's biggest struggle, I feel like, outside of command issues throughout his career has really been his inability to miss bats. This is not a fearsome a Pirates lineup, so maybe Urania may have some success. The last podcast I was on, I completely buried him. Then he went out and had one of his best starts in a while, and far and away his best start with the Tigers. On the mound for the Pirates, you have 27-year-old JT Brubaker. MLB.com made a mistake. They do not have a description for him right now, but he's come in with a 2-0 record and a 1-7-6 ERA. Has started three games, 15 and a third innings, 18 strikeouts. Is a, a, a little bit wild. Has hit five batters so far. That actually leads all of Major League Baseball. This is really his first full season in the majors last year in limited action in the shortened seasons. Pitched in 11 games, started nine of them, went one and three with a 4.94 ERA. He features a four-seam fastball that he throws about 49% of the time. That, of course, is his primary pitch. A slider, that's his best secondary pitch at 33%. A curveball at 9%. Changeup at 7%. And a sinker at 1% of the time. Fastball velocity usually sits between 92 and 96 miles per hour. Sixth round draft pick from the MAC, the University of Akron. So he will be making his first career start against the Detroit Tigers today. I know very little about this guy. Seems like he's got kind of close to a power arm. I mean, 92 to 96 with the heater last year, 9.1 strikeouts per nine innings in 11 games. So far this season, 10.6 strikeouts per nine. Tigers have had some issues with, well, they've had issues with power pitchers. They've had issues with finesse guys. They've had issues with pretty much every pitcher they faced over the last several seasons. Hopefully they can be able to turn around and win one against the Pirates today. So that'll do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-T. 2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a written, positive five-star review of this program. Got a few new ones recently. Very, very kind. I appreciate all the positive feedback. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will be right back here tomorrow for the final show of the week. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers!